Welcome to the Sailing the East podcast. This episode is going to be a bit different than our typical sailing episode. There's really not much sailing discussion in here. Mike and I sort of talk about uh, life in general, talk a little bit about fishing, things that he and I have been doing, talk about elections in Germany. We have an interesting conversation about how the election systems are different between the United States and Germany. Uh, We also talk a little bit about COVID and kind of update each other. And this is the conversation that Mike and I typically have before we record the actual podcast about sailing. So we thought we would capture this uh, this week and uh, throw it out here and see what you guys think. You know, it's sort of a glimpse into Mike's life and into my life a little bit more and sort of what we think about. And uh, we'll get back to the sailing episodes uh, shortly, but uh, we just thought we'd try this as an experiment. So let us know if you like it or not. The best way to reach us, of course, is via uh, the email, which is sailingtheeast at gmail.com. So sailingtheeast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. So now let's jump right into this sort of semi-rambling conversation between Mike and I. Thanks for tuning in. Bela, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Long time no see. What have you been up to? Uh, well, let's see. I've been fishing. I uh, went fishing yesterday. Been doing a fair amount of that and uh, going to the boat tomorrow. Nice. Are the, are the fish biting for you? Uh, not as well as in the early part of the season, uh, but uh, I always catch a few, so it's good. And isn't that typical of fly fishing, right? That in the spring, the fish are more active. They're coming out of whatever hibernation. You know me, I'm not a fisherman either, but isn't it better in the beginning of the summer? And they're just kind of like me, fat and lazy and stupid at the end of the summer? Uh, well, uh, I think the reason I catch more in the in the spring is because the truck from the stocking uh, factory <laughs> comes <laughs> and dumps a ton of fish into the streams. So there's just a lot of fish in there. And uh, I think as this, as the year goes on, uh, a fair number of people take fish out. Uh, I don't keep any, I throw them back, but uh, a lot of people take them, which is great. And because I think they put too many fish in there for the stream to actually sustain that population. And somebody's got to eat. Yeah. And then they also disperse as the season goes along. So uh, they're not, hanging out at all the places where the, the truck, the stocking truck dumped them in. And so I think the population per square mile goes down as the season progresses. But they also say that the, you know, when, when it's starting to get fall time here, the fish start eating more because they realize that winter's coming and there's going to be less food. However, I'm not sure the fish that came from the stocking factory <laughs> understand that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like birds. Birds. I notice the birds do the same thing at my bird feeder, right? I mean, I'm not a genius, but they eat more and they get fat yeah. for winter. Right. Right. Because they know it's going to be some lean time. But anyway, uh, you know, if I catch three fish, which is the number I caught yesterday, I'm a happy camper. That's a good, that's a good day nice. for me. I had some days in the spring where I caught eight or nine or 10. Those are like unprecedented days but you know that's all good do you take pictures of them if i catch a uh, a picture worthy fish yes mm-hmm. if i if i catch something that's sort of large yeah. <laughs> or unusual yeah. uh 
You know, it's it's interesting. I I I there's all these stories about conservation and uh, invasive invasive species and the such. And I've come to the conclusion that invasive species we're very selective about them. So, for example, brown trout. There's basically three types of trout in the United States. There's rainbows, brookies, and browns. And Brook trout are native. There was some here back in the old days. I believe rainbows are also, but I'm not 100% sure about that. But brown trout were introduced from Europe. And so they're, and, and they're very invasive. I mean, they're very aggressive. <laughs> they, they tend to, uh, like some of these streams I fish, uh, where I was fishing yesterday, the Battenkill, it's all brown trout. There's no other fish in the, in the, in the river. That's it. You don't, you, don't, you don't catch sunfish. You don't catch rainbow trout. You don't catch, I mean, there's little little minnows in there, uh, but that's it. So they're very invasive. But that's an interesting in that that invasive species we like and we support and it's all great, but there's other invasive species uh, sometimes that are maybe are native to the region but because of changes in climate or whatever are now migrating into different parts of the region and we're all against those. So th- it's, it's this interesting sort of dichotomy of, well, yeah, some, some invasive species are okay because we like them. It's the same thing with flowers and plants and stuff, right? I mean, right. Uh, it's the same idea. Is it, is it like that in Germany? That's a good question. I mean, you know, I'm an indoorsman, Bela, so um, I don't spend a lot of time outdoors. You know, I read a lot. Yeah, but, uh, I'm just wondering about no, I think, the whole invasive thing. Yeah, I think I think that, that these discussions take place. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, I know that there's very strict rules about what plants and fish and things like this you can kind of import and export. And I know they're very careful, like um, the Bodensee, like Lake Constance. Um, you have to if you take the boat in or out, you have to get a special check. Yeah. Um, if you move it out of the Bodensee, out of this, the Lake Constance, uh, to make sure that there's nothing clinging to the boat, um, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, we, we have less kind of wild and natural area, I think per, per capita here. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a smaller country and it's pretty heavily industrialized, but, of the wild and green spaces, um, there's a lot of rules and a lot of protection. So I would say yes. And I would say probably there's the same thing. There's certain invasive species that people have brought in that are good for tourism or industry or something like that. And those are allowed to stay. And others that um, hinder certain economic interests, right, are right. eradicated right. quickly. Right. Exactly. Um, it's, it's So I think it's it's economics as much as it is biology or botany. Right, yeah? right. There's there's various different forces tugging on these things. Yep. So, as, and as, it's all trade-offs. Nothing's, nothing's easy or simple. As there are with most issues, yeah. So what's, what's going on? So, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to – last time I talked to you, you'd canceled your trip with um, with your your son yeah. because the weather was going to be lousy. Um, what's the latest? Uh, well, school has started for the grandkids, so – um, I'm not sure what if we're going to be able to get a trip in here in the fall. Uh, this weekend, so I'm leaving tomorrow, which is Wednesday, heading out to the boat, and my niece uh, is coming out on uh, Saturday for a long weekend. So Elaine and I are going out tomorrow. We're going to uh, hang out with the new granddaughter tomorrow night, 
uh, help Andy with his house a little bit on Thursday and Friday, and then I think do some sailing Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Nice. What's the weather looking like this weekend? Uh, it look, looks like the weekend's going to be good. It, it, uh, yeah, we've had a, a lot of rain this year. It's remarkable how, how wet this uh, summer has been compared to other summers. So, yeah, which is probably better than drought. But oh, yeah, which has been good for fishing, right? The streams, right. the stream levels have been high almost all year. And uh, they typically get really low this time of the year. So, yeah. So that's the plan. Do you have, yeah, do you have your appointment to get the boat hauled out uh, yet? Nope. I just got the paperwork uh, yesterday, the forms to fill out for uh, hauling the boat out. I think I'll haul it out um, towards the end of October. Uh, September okay. can be a, a, a great skiing or great skiing. <laughs> I'm starting to think about skiing. Uh, can be a great sailing month, uh, as can early October. So, uh, yeah, I think sometime uh, third week of October is probably what I'm going to shoot for, something like that. Nice. Yeah. So so that'll be good. First full season. Yeah, yeah it's first been full yeah. season under your belt. First full season at the marina with the new boat under our belt. And uh, it's been good. Uh, I, I'm very pleased. I'm getting, you know, more comfortable with the boat. Uh, I'm learning uh, how to do things more and more each day, <laughs> you know, which is which is good. That's how it should yep. be. takes a takes time. Takes time. So yeah, yeah. How about you? And you know, we should we should do an episode at the end to look at kind of what your expected costs were, both in money and time over the year, versus what was realized, right? Or actual versus budgeted, kind of, right? That would be interesting. I think a little kind of thumbnail analysis to do to see. Yeah. See how this went according to what you were anticipating. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea, Mike. Yeah. If I reflect back on it here, the 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 big hit was the uh, was the air conditioner. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the whoa unexpected one. But yeah, it'd be interesting because I did make a budget before we bought the boat, and uh, see what it would be like. See what it see see what the budget looked like to reality. Cool. Good idea. Yeah, everything is fine here. Uh, we've enjoyed a nice stretch of really beautiful weather. Um, and it had been rainy a lot of the summer here too, interestingly. But the weather's been really nice, so a lot of people outdoors. Uh, we have big elections coming up uh, a week from Sunday. Oh. So it's the September 26th. National elections, no local, just national. So just like Mer- Merkel? Uh, is this Merkel? Yeah, so she's done. So she's been kind of doing her goodbye tour. Because uh, she's been um, the face of German politics yeah. uh, for a long time. Um, so, yeah, so there'll be a new chancellor here no matter what. Um, oh, wow. Uh, and so, yeah, and there's a lot of debates, very different than in the U.S. I don't know, maybe we, I, I think I might have told you this, but the election, the advertising season is rigid, fixed. Um, I think it's six weeks. You can't put any signs up or do any kind of advertising whatsoever. Um, until six, I think it's six weeks. I could be wrong on that before the election. And there's no, um, there's no outside money or soft money involved. So the, the funding is pu- public. So candidates, once they hit a threshold, they get money, um, from the state. Um, and there's a certain amount and that's what they can spend. No more. Can they put their own money um, in? No, it's a, it's a state system. Oh, wow. So um, it kind of levels the playing field. So it totally levels the playing field. And there's, you know, we have a big, thick, rich public broadcasting uh, system here. That's another whole conversation. But we pay, uh, each household has to pay a public uh, 
broadcasting fee. Uh, whether you like it or not, you cannot opt out. And that covers the radio and the regional TV and um, some other things uh, related to public information. And, uh, and so they all, there's always debates on the TVs. Then they actually debate issues, uh, unlike, um, you know, at least my reads in the last several presidential elections is the debates have kind of gotten less and less about issues and more about kind of um, capturing, um, you know, kind of zingers and right. sound bites <laughs> right. to bring down the other person. Right. right? Exactly. Um, and there's a little of that here, but there's a stark, and again, you know, my German isn't so good. I've watched a few of these, uh, but the, the tone and the, type of language that used that's used is very very different than in the u.s debates so that's been fascinating to watch you know i can't vote i'm not a citizen um but it's been fascinating to watch the elections and to see the signs the signs that go up there are a lot of signs <laughs> it's a big uh, you know there's one you know t- strap big one strapped to the light pole right outside my apartment building right uh, and then in the around the corner there's a like a park and in this park there's several big signs and there's lots of signs with um not just a slogan, but a position. Um, so it's really interesting to see. And, you know, there's several parties and the, it's parliamentary. So you can kind of see the positions pretty clearly um, of most of the parties just really on the signs. And then um, a lot of leaflets uh, into your mailbox. People come door to door. There's a lot of actually like now is local is national election. So there's not of that. But in the local elections, you'll go to the grocery store and there will be the candidate wanting, you know, answering questions and things like that. Very, very public. Um, and lots of conversations. So fascinating differences in elections. Yeah. So that's always fun for me to see these to see these differences. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. All the different systems throughout the world to elect the people who will govern you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I shouldn't say elect. To so, I should use the word select. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? To select the person, because uh, not all of them are elections. Yeah, and like here, you don't elect the uh, the chancellor, so you elect the party, and then each party has a candidate that they are putting forward, but it's not a direct election. So you vote you vote for the representatives to the party, and then the um, it will most likely here be a coalition government. So um, you have to get a certain number to have control. I forget the number; I should know these things. Uh, but you have to have a certain number, and no one party will have that. So then they enter talks after the election. So even after the election, you don't know who the chancellor will be. Oh. So you know you'll know the votes of each of the parties, and then the parties will go into talks to build a coalition. And certain certain parties would never work together with other parties, um, but certain parties have a history of working together. Um, some candidates have already kind of staked a claim and said, "I will not be the junior partner in a coalition. It's us, or I will go into opposition." So they decide to either join the co- coalition and be share the power or they don't join the coalition and they have to choose other parties and then they go into opposition. Um, and sometimes that's a stronger political position. So it's really fascinating these, um, these machinations. And then as part of these talks, then the, that's where the chancellor gets decided. So it's not a direct vote by the, by the people like we have. Oh, sort of like getting the Pope. It's like getting the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> right. White smoke and black right. smoke. Right. Right. It's, it's, wow. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought, I thought the chancellor, I keep calling him the prime minister, but the chancellor gets elected. But it's by the, it's actually by the party. Yeah. 
It's like picking the majority, the speaker of the house or the majority leader in right. the Senate. It's a parliamentary, right. It's a parliamentary system. So you have to have enough support in the parliament essentially, right. To support that candidate. And there's more than two, and so, more than two parties. Oh yeah. There's, I think, uh, seven parties and there's five major ones and it's, there's a lot. Um, and they run the spectrum from far left to far right. Um, but we, unlike the U.S., we have a strong center still. So there's um, center left and center right. So center right, Merkel is in the center right party. Um, and so a little bit on the conservative side, although she herself has moved a little more liberal. And then their coalition partner right now and traditional, they're the center left party. Um, and then the Green Party is kind of the third big party now. And they've come out of nowhere and they've moved toward the center from where they used to be. So there's these kind of left center, slightly left center and right center. And those are the three dominant players. And then there's a far right called um, the AFD. Um, and they're the, the hard right national party. Um, and then there's one or two very small conservative parties. And then there's two or three kind of far left parties. Um, so this will mix up and the, the, um, each has a candidate for premier and they're kind of like the point person, but they're not directly elected. Oh, wow. Cool. Very. So we'll see on Sunday or Monday, we'll know the results of the, um, which party has how many seats in the Bundestag and the, in the, the, our Congress. And then from that, then they'll start coalition building and it could take a day or it could take a month or whatever to figure out then what coalition agrees to lead and then who their party is. Cause I think it can be too, that even the coalitions might say, Oh, okay. Even the one with the most votes, there could be a situation where if they're in coalition with two governments, they agree to share power, but it's not that person in charge that becomes the premier. They become the number two. Um, it's not common, but I think it technically can happen. Hmm. Yeah. And is there one day to vote or is voting spread out over a period of time? So you can vote by mail, uh, but there is one voting day across the whole country. So everything is shut down here on Sunday. Um, right. There's no retail open typically, except for gas stations and hotels and rest, some restaurants and cafes. So they always vote on a Sunday here so that people have the day off. And um, I believe that there's lots of people that if you are working, you get paid time off to vote. I'm not 100 percent sure of that, but I think it's think that's the case here um so yeah so it's a fixed date but you can mail in early um and you know you don't have to show you get a ballot mailed to you um and you have to i think you have to sign it but um there's no second registration step so you have to register to live here like you must register and you must have an id card all of that is required nationally and you are automatically have the obligation and responsibility to vote. There's no penalty if you don't vote, but there's none of this. Oh, did you register? It's like once you live here and you, right, you have to, you have to register and you have to have health insurance and you get a card and now you're voting. So there's this whole other layer that doesn't exist. Right. But, but um, you need to be a citizen. You need to be a citizen. There's some requirements to be a citizen to vote. You need to be a citizen. Yeah. Yep. And what, what are that? What are those requirements? Do you know? Uh, so for citizenship, you need to be a resident for, I think it's seven years. Um, and you need to have, again, proof of income and things like this. Um, I can get it, I think in six, because I have a special kind of visa, uh, work visa called the EU blue card. 
uh, because of the nature of my job and my education and things like that. So I got a special deal um, and I am eligible. Um, so is, next time I have to go renew my my visa, I uh, will have permanent residence. I mean, I could technically get it now, but they're only giving you an appointment when your appointment is due and then they give it to you. But I've met, because of my job, met the requirements for being a permanent resident, which is like a green card in the U.S. Um, and then I've been here now three and a half years. So in another two years, I'll be able to take the citizenship test if I want to and um, and become a German citizen if I want to and give up my U.S. citizenship. Technically, you're not supposed to have both. A lot of people do, but technically you're not supposed to. So I have to think that through. Uh, and that's complicated. If you, if you're a citizen, it's very controversial. So if you're a citizen of the U.S. like I am, I must file U.S. taxes every year, mm -hmm. um, even if all my income is in Germany and it's exempt because there's a tax treaty, but it's really complicated. So um, it costs me some money. I have to have two tax preparers, one in Germany, <laughs> one in the U.S. Um, yeah. And, and figure out my taxes. And so... Um, so there'd be a benefit if I gave up my citizenship, but then you can't go back. Yeah. You know, if, I mean, you just as a tourist. Yeah. So it's a big decision. I haven't, I haven't even come close to making it. Yet. But that is, is that giving up that citizenship uh, for the United States, a German requirement or a U.S. requirement? Both. So in the U.S., I think it's Ireland. And I think there's one other place where you're technically allowed to have dual citizenships. Okay. But it's just not enforced. So I'm pretty sure U.S. immigration rule, U.S. rules state that you you should only have one citizenship. I see. Okay? Unless you're in this special class of people. Okay. But generally, you're supposed to give it up. But most people that I know don't. Um, right. They keep both passports. Yes. So it's like a don't ask, don't tell. And in Germany, it's it's the same. Got it. And every so often they kick up kind of, okay, we'll share the information because they don't share the information. And so typically my friends with dual passports, you use the passport of the country that you're going into. So if I kept both passports, I would use my U.S. passport when I arrived in the U.S. And then when I was coming home, I'd use my Germany passport, my EU passport to get back into Germany. Right. Right. Huh. So we'll see. Very interesting. What else is on your mind? What's been uh, interesting and thought provoking in your world? Not much else at all, Mike. Have you started? You guys have started classes, haven't you? No. Uh, oh, that's right. You got this weird calendar. On, yeah, we have the weird calendar. So we have orientation for our master's in digital business and innovation management program that I help run. Uh, that starts in two weeks from today. So I'll be back in the classroom in two weeks, and we're going to try to do in, in presence. Uh, you have to be, we're using what's called the, the 3G system here. So the three German words for that you either been immunized, which is geimpft, or that you've had a recent uh, test, a certified test, not a home test, um, to test it. And then now I forget. And the third one is, or you've recovered, you've been certified that you've recovered from COVID in the last six months. Um, so uh, every student every day will have to show proof of one of those three things to get into the classroom, the building. And, and, and what is proof? Is it some official government document or... Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So for, for immunizations, we have official certificates. So um, I've got both a paper certificate that says I've been immunized twice and the dates and the things. And then we also have an app. Um, so I've got a code on my app um, on my phone. Yeah. And uh, almost everybody uses that. 
So like when I travel, um, if I get on a flight, I'll bring both the paper version and the phone version just in case my phone doesn't work or whatever. Sure. You don't want to be denied entry. Um, but just for around town, uh, you just show your phone. There's an app. They can scan it in to verify that it's you. Um, and that works for that. If you've had a test, um, these are also electronic, which is pretty cool. So I can go only for another month. Can I get go get a free test? Um, and there's like all over town. Um, so I can go again. This is not the PCR test. This is the rapid yes. antigen test. Yeah. Um, so I can just literally I can make an appointment on my phone or now you can walk in. Um, it's literally a block away. I'm in and out in literally less than five minutes. And then about 10 minutes later, I get an email with um, uh, and they give you a password like a, a pin when you get your test and then you enter it into your phone and then you've got it on the app. You can print it out. There's also a PDF that you can print out, but you can also see it. Um, there's a German there's actually three apps, I think, now that are approved by the government that use data the data security and, and protocols that are in place. Um, so you can just show that you've been um, that you've had either. And then I think for the test for the if you recovered, you need to have a letter from the doctor, but there's an official form and it has to be stamped and signed. And yeah. Like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And then our school, I think, even when they start charging um, in the middle of October, cause they want to encourage people. So like, do you want to go to a, to, to a restaurant or you want to go to a, to a club, a nightclub or something or a concert? Um, you have to have one of these. And so the testing has always been free. Um, so that if you didn't want to get immunized, you just went and got a free test. But what's going to happen now is there's, they're going to be, um, I think there'll be like 20 or $30, so that adds a significant cost if you're going out. So I think they're trying to use it as a financial incentive to get immunized. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that, if that works uh, or not. And there's some waivers. If you have a medical condition, sure. that, you know, that you can't get an immunization, you can still get your t- test sure. for free. If you're under, I think it's under 12 here, you're not allowed to get immunized yet. Kids under 12 can still get it free. Sure. So they'll have the centers. And in fact, our school will have a testing center set up. We have one outside. And that will be free for students and staff and faculty, but you have to have an appointment. So you can't just say, oh, I'll go with five minutes before class and, right. and do this. Right. And I think you have to be tested within 48 hours or 72 hours the test is good for. So there's still some risks and we'll still wear masks and we'll still keep some distance. Uh, but we're going to try to start um, in, in person yeah. um, uh, and see how it goes. So, yeah, that's two weeks. And then regular lectures start uh, two weeks after that. So I think the second week of October is when the rest of my classes was done. Yeah. And is there is there any immunizations, any places where immunizations are required to, to work or, you know, like hospitals, do they require all employees to be immunized or how, how's that work? So um, I think somebody was explaining this to me. It's very nuanced. So I believe that employers are not allowed to force you to be immunized. And they don't even can't even ask you directly if you've been immunized. Wow. However, that said, I think for certain things they can still require immunization if it's necessary. I think. Um, but it's very com- it's more complicated here than it is in the U.S. Um, but at least it's not. I don't think it's state by state. We have federal. We have some federal rules. Yeah. In effect. Well, I don't know if you heard, but last week uh, the president announced uh, all companies with more than 100 employees 
have to have their employees immunized. So it's interesting that, that they put the onus on the companies to, to do this. And, and it's interesting how they're doing it in that I think they came to the conclusion that the government cannot mandate that. So what they're doing is they're, they're doing it through an emergency proclamation in OSHA which is the Occupational Safety and Health Organization or something like that, right? Which makes all of sort of the workplace rules. So OSHA is doing this new regulation, emergency regulation, that says if you have 100 or more employees, all your employees need to be vaccinated. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that sort of sort of rolls out here. And uh, it's interesting that they, they're putting the onus on the companies, Right. Not not the not the state or not the local government or not the federal government, but uh, they're they're putting that onus on companies. And there's been a fair number of companies prior to this who have said all of our employees have to be vaccinated. And most of those companies were ones where they have large portions of the population outwardly facing and inter interacting with the public. Right. Like some of the airlines yeah. have made that proclamation. Yeah. Hospitals have made that proclamation. I saw where Delta Airlines said, uh, two, was it $200 a month more in insurance yes, premiums? That's right. If you're not. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're trying, you know, different people are trying different things. Um, so that's caused a I just, fair amount of controversy here, as you can imagine. Yeah. I just checked. German employers cannot require vaccination. Yeah. And they can't even ask them if they've been. Yeah. Oh, wow. Vac vaccinated. So did you? And that was a court. court so let me ask you a question: Did you use Google Translate to ask that question, or did you type it in and read it in German? Uh, neither. I just did it in English, and it came up in English. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you told me you were taking I, German lessons, so this was, you know. Yeah, oh, I am. I've got my my class uh, in a couple hours here. <laughs> um, I could have written that in German, though. Oh, cool. Th those words I know enough, no problem. Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> but I was multitasking. So, so yeah. So like at our, at our school, our, you know, we, they offered free vaccinations. Um, and they have, we had a kind of our university doctor, you could get them from there. Or we got ours. We didn't do, do that, but people could do it that way. Um, they're now, I think even giving like paid time off to go get your vaccine. Um, so they're trying to provide as many incentives as they can. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have the same thing here. They're, part of this thing was paid time off to get your vaccine, mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah. But we can require this 3G that you have to have one of the, one of the three. Yes. And so it, the pressure is on, right? If you're, if you're not vaccinated and you have to get tested, you're paying for it on your own if your employer won't pay for it. Yeah. So it will get expensive in a hurry. It's interesting how, how most, there's so many incentives are economic, right? Mm -hmm. That's the real uh, whether whether it be you know clean water, clean air, or getting a vaccine, we often get down to economic incentives uh, to motivate yeah. companies or people to do things. So, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I saw on my timer we hit thirty minutes. Should we stop recording? No, I just keep recording. I just want to I want to do okay. this just and but we could go to our normal conversation. I'm not I'm not trying to do a podcast here. No, I'm, no, I know. I'm just. Trying to record and see if but, anything comes out of it. But I'm trying to avoid controversial subjects <laughs> and highly personal ones as well, which is interesting. Yes, as am I. 
Right. <laughs> we're trying to walk that fine line. But we were going to talk a little bit, I think, about what next, maybe, right? Some other projects to kick around. Sure. So last time we had talked about a, a couple of things. W one was this notion of... Um, Remember uh, sort of these special limited edition, I'll call them, or limited number of episodes, uh, 10 episodes, 20 episodes, podcast, or a series on some particular topic. And, and, and one of them we talked about, we just happened to come up with uh, the, the guy from the Schenectady Mission. Remember, he was right. on our other, he was on our, our entrepreneurship podcast. Oh, by the way, I, I made some small edits to the titles of our podcast. Okay. For uh, the unconventional path, I changed the title to entrepreneurship via the unconventional path. See if it right. And for the for the sailing sailing the east, I changed it to sailing and boating on the east. Wow. And the reason I did, I've been reading about how these various different podcast applications, search engines work. Most of them, some let me just say, some of them, a good percentage of them, just search on the title. Mm -hmm. So you gotta have, you know. So I'm thinking, okay, I want to get the right words in the title, and that's a, you know, the unconventional path <laughs> doesn't have a good set of words about no. what what no, what the nothing, right. right? And many of these applications have limits on how long the title can be. So, the, so you don't game it, right? So you can't game it. So the unconventional path. Innovation and entrepreneurship stories and ideas with Bela and Mike is way too long. So the only part that was getting searched was the unconventional path. So we'll see if that makes any difference in, in if there's an uptick or anything. But I just changed those over the weekend um, after I've been thinking about notions of search engines and sort of how they work. Like the Google pod, podcast app will search actually the 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 show notes for each episode. And, you know, if it's, if it has some, some words in it that the person types into the search engine, that specific episode will show up as opposed mm -hmm. to necessarily the whole, um, the series, but not all podcast applications work that way. So anyway, if you have any other ideas for cool. titles there or better, better play on words or something, let me know. And I'm happy to happy to modify it. No call. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. It's, it'll be interesting to see if there's any bump, right? Right. The data should be clear. Right. Well, well <laughs> data is often not clear. <laughs> right. But in this case, if there's a spike, either way, well, you know, you know what date you made the right. change. Right? Exactly. So, right. Right. We're seeing up. We just need to remember to probably change the intro. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for the sailing, yeah, the sailing one, the, yeah, we that we, we'll yeah. we'll change the intro to, to sailing, right. and and I've been thinking about sort of uh, actually trimming up the intro, that we have enough episodes out there with the uh, hi, this is Bela, I'm the sailor, blah blah blah. Yeah, let's just kill just, it. Right. Um, just dive right in. Yep. You know, that's. I think that's fine. I've I've been thinking about that as well. Um, so anyway, we had talked about we had talked about this limited series of episodes. Uh, and, and the one we sort of kicked around as an example was Mike Sakosha, uh, who runs the, that Schenectady mission, right? And this notion of, you know, tips and guidance and lessons learned, kind of go do an extended interview with him. Uh, 
and maybe actually have him as a guest on multiple shows and interview him about, mm-hmm. hey, you know, how do you propagate this, et cetera, um, things like that. Uh, so that was sort of one thing we kicked around. The other thing we kicked around was this notion of did you ever wonder, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, how are eyeglasses made or, you know, how do they work or mozzarella cheese, sticking with, mm-hmm. sticking with the food theme, et cetera. There are several podcasts that are sort of like that and, and YouTube channels. You know, there's like, how's it made? How's it made? Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and things you should know, or did you know, there's, there's a couple of those types of, of things out there already. Some, some in YouTube channels, some in regular, uh, high, highly produced TV shows and others in, in podcast. Um, so we had talked about, you know, trying something different. It Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a podcast uh, that we do together, as we've talked. We've talked about, you know, doing some some book or some, some educational material that uh, maybe we could, we could uh, get students to use. But those are all crowded spaces and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we shouldn't do them. Yeah. They're just crowded spaces. Well, where's the, where's the blue ocean? Right. Right. <laughs> Right. Do we want the blue ocean or the desert? I'm not, I'm not sure. Right. I think we want the blue ocean. <laughs> I think we need to keep thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would be great to carve out some space, you know? We should be able to do this. We're both pretty creative. Yeah, I I, I agree. And, and uh, you know, I wonder if there's... I wonder if there's something in this notion of think thinking about teaching and and when you start thinking about going remotely or even some hybrid thing, it it totally changes the the the, the potential business model. It, to- it totally changes. <clears throat> what were those things called that were really popular five years ago? Ma- ma- massive online. Oh, MOOCs. MOOCs, yeah, right? MOOCs. Yeah. And, and they've sort of, some of that stuff has faded away. But, right, it, mm-hmm. it, but it totally changes sort of the accessibility to education for people. I'm, and I remember that was one of the big things with MOOCs was this notion of, accessibility all you needed was a cell phone and a, and a reasonable data connection and and now you have access you don't have to come to a physical place and i wonder if that has ramifications beyond education right are there other sort of and i don't mean working remotely right i mean that's the simple piece of it but are there other things that we do that currently, I mean, like like religious services, right? Traditionally, religious services are you go to some physical location, <laughs> and the and the pandemic has actually forced some some various different religious organizations to figure out a different model because they mm-hmm. you can't you couldn't go to the physical location. But I wonder if there's other examples of that kind of stuff where this. As, as the technology continues to, to march forward and society's acceptance of doing some of these things remotely, 
becomes more pervasive so that some of these things will change and, and new businesses will, will pop up, right? There will be new opportunities. I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but that's, that's sort of what's rattling, one of the things that's rattling around in my brain. I like that. I mean, I think we could even do combine these two. So this is our focus and we look at 10 ideas, right? And we talk to 10 people um, related to kind of the new, the new, the new reality of work, right? Or the new reality of, of, of industry. Yeah. I think that might be cool. I think let's brainstorm on that a little bit because it's new, right? It's fair. I mean, there's other people doing it and I've read some stuff, but. Right. I think if we came up with a list of 10 ideas and just let's plan it as a limited series and see, you can always do part two. Right. If, oh, my gosh, it hits. Right. Right. But if we start, we say, here's the 10 trends that you and I maybe we talk to three or four people and we identify we do like a little pre-interview. Right. And um, and maybe we can use some of those bits. Right. Um, but maybe we talk to three or four people um, in some different fields and we kind of ask them to look around the corner and see what's coming. And we can talk about the what that might look like and what the strengths and weaknesses are, the trade-offs, um, you know, maybe we kind of come up with a formula where we explore and we kind of analyze the trend, right? And what does it mean, you know, for for the listener? Right. Would that work? I don't know. Something to, something to kick around. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that might be fun to try, honestly, is, okay, so let's say we do a podcast Right. And we do 10 episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then once those 10 episodes are done, we use Descript or something to transcribe them. And then we try to turn it into a little one of these short business books. Uh-huh. Right. Like 10 things you need to know about the future of work. Right. And we and we see if if we can get a bite from a publisher or we just self-publish it on Amazon and see if anybody buys it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think right, with a little editing. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think there's I think there's something there. I'm not sure what it is yet, but I think I think there's a nugget of something there. <laughs> totally. I got to roll in a couple minutes, but could you write a one page up like of that or two pages and then I can kind of build on that when I've got a little more brain whip, brain brain power? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be on the road for the next two weeks on and off, mostly on the road. And so I'll have, definitely have some time to think, like some good thinking time. Yeah. So I can flush this out. But I'm a little scrambled at the moment because I'm leaving tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock after my dentist appointment. Okay. I'm just writing a couple things down. Yeah. And you've got the recording to go back to, too. Yes. Which is sweet. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like I like that as a working model for until we meet again. Let's let's kind of chase down that idea and sketch out a couple pictures of what that might look like. Yeah. Okay. Because I think it's new and unique and right. It's right up our alley. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be super conversational. Because yeah, I think right. I, we ask we ask more questions than we answer, <laughs> right? Because there, because right, it, it this could be like an inflection point in sort of how we do things as a society. That might be in part of the name, right? Right. You know, if you you know, 
future something something colon the inflection point you know reflection and inflection looking into the future with Bella and Mike yes gazing into the future Longing. <laughs> okay, I better get my button gear. But this was good. Do you want me to throw this uh, recording? Yes, please somewhere? do. I gotta uh, let me okay. let me make a quick folder for it. I'll just make it in uh, the uh, in uh, Google Drive. In the yeah. Google Drive, I'll I'll do it under. Hang on here. Let me let me think of where to do this. We got Mike and Bale Media Project. Uh, I think there's. New podcast ideas. How about we put it into there? There's a there, there's a folder that already exists, and yep. and just dump it in there. There's only two things in there. Yep. Just dump it into cool. there as a audio file, and I'll I'll know it's there. Awesome. And then when are you leaving for your trip? I'm leaving tomorrow. Your boat. Uh, tomorrow. Okay. And I, so maybe maybe we'll deal with this next week. Yeah, yeah. But now that you got the notes, that's fine, and I'll do some thinking. Yeah. But you'll still upload this, right? I'm up, yeah, yeah, I'll upload it as soon as I'm done with my next thing. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I so next week, so I'm I'm 90% sure we'll be back by Tuesday. If not, I'll let you know and we'll we'll move it. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Nope. No, because Tuesday... Or did you have to move? We got to move. You got to move it anyway. Yeah, we got to move because... Yeah, I'll be, on, I'll be driving. So I can do it third... I can do it... Wednesday or Thursday, if we do it Thursday, I got to do it a little later. Um, but let's move it to Wednesday. Well, let's just let's see how it goes. Why don't you just let me know when you're back? Okay, and then I'm I'll be pretty flexible. So, well, I'll definitely be back by Wednesday. So, okay. if you, if you want to just move it to Wednesday or even Thursday, I'll fine. move it to what, you know. I'll move it to Wednesday for now. Yeah, and then we'll see. That works. Perfect. Okay, it's moved. Okay. Sounds good, Mike. All right, cool. Have a good trip. Safe sailing. Yep, thanks. Always great to see you. Take care. All right. Bye. Yep, talk to you. Bye. So here you go. You got to the end of the experiment. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Mike and I certainly enjoy these conversations we have. It's part of our highlight of, and one of the reasons we do these podcasts is we get to keep interacting in various different ways. So if you like the podcast, hey, let us know. If you like this new sort of insight into the things that we're doing and if we should make those an element of the podcast or not, uh, we'd like to know that. Or should we just stick to the subject of sailing and boating and uh, leave all this other stuff out? We can go either way. Uh, We'd like to hear from our listeners and uh, see what you think. And of course, the best way to reach out to us is via email at sailingtheeast at gmail.com. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for all your support for this podcast. Have a great week. Talk to you soon.